Welcome to Movies and TV with Doug. And now on to our show. Hello everybody and welcome back to Movies by Doug. This week's movie review takes us into the sci-fi genre with the 2021 hit movie, Dune. Now, as many of you know, Dune is an adaptation from the 1965 book of the same name, a movie that was nominated for many awards during its run in 2021, including Best Picture. It also boasts an ensemble cast of Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Selen Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, Chang Chin, Jason Momoa, and Javier Bardum. This movie was what I consider one of the best prequels I've ever seen. It absolutely sets up the Dune franchise going forward for greatness. I truly believe that on March 1st, 2024, Dune 2 will be one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. I think that's how good of a setup Dune 1 has been for this movie. So as you can tell, I'm extremely, extremely excited for Dune 2. The My rewatch was kind of jump-started because we get, we get that Dune 2 part, you know, Dune 2 coming up so soon. So let me get into the actual movie and we'll talk through it as we go. Let me know your thoughts on Dune. Was it deserving of a Best Picture nomination? Was it deserving of some of the awards? Let's really talk about what you think Dune as an individual movie is, because I've heard different things. I've heard people think it's a little bit incomplete, and some people think it's one of the best sci-fi movies alone, standing alone by itself that they've ever seen. So two different sides of the pie. I'm probably right in the middle, but... I would love to hear what people think, and let's actually get into the review. In the the distant, distant future, um, we are introduced to House Atreides, led by Duke Leto. He is ruler of planet Caledon. And on the opposite side of the coin, there is House Harkonnen, who is led by Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. And Vladimir Harkonnen and the Harkonnens are longtime rulers of the desert planet Arrakis. Arrakis is known for two things. The Fremen, who have the blue eyes, and the reason they have the blue eyes, which is the most valuable resource in the entire universe, spice. Spice is the key to interstellar travel. Without it, it would be impossible to travel space instantaneously and safely. Fast forward a little bit. The Emperor plots for House Harkonnen to relinquish Arrakis and give it to House Atreides to be their steward going forward. What we find out later is that the Emperor's actually planned to give... This is more of a trap for House um, Atreides. And you can see throughout the the progression of the movie that people are more suspicious, suspicious, suspicious of why they're giving um, Arrakis after so much time. And eventually, House Atreides, they accept the terms of the emperor. They go to um, to Arrakis. And 
Leto has the plan of actually becoming an alliance with the Fremen and making themselves the strongest house in the universe. And that way they are out of danger. You kind of see both sides when you see Leto, who is um, played by Oscar Isaac. He can he is obviously suspicious of the emperor, but the power of controlling Arrakis and the spice trade is almost too important to pass up. So he foregoes his suspicions and sends everyone to Arrakis. Leto, how do you how do you want to say it? The mother of his child, Paul is Lady Jessica, and she is a truth-sayer slash acolyte of the Bene Gesserit. The Bene Gesserit are a sisterhood of women with advanced physical and mental abilities. They are the ones who have the voice. The voice, in my opinion, is one of the cooler powers you'll see in a movie. It's the power to control somebody with the tone of your voice. We see it used throughout the movie, but what I find really interesting about it is the Bene Gesserit told Lady Jessica not to have sons, but she still had Paul and Paul has the power passed down to him as we can see him throughout trying to grow the power of the voice. Now, some of House Atreides is best and people that are on the screen the most. We get to see Duncan Idaho, who's played by Jason Momoa. He's pretty much Paul's mentor slash, I would say, best friend. He trains Paul. He's pretty obviously the best fighter, um, in my opinion, in House of Trades. And then there's Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck, I would say, is number two in command but besides Leto. He also is an extremely talented fighter. Um, and then we get Dr. Yule. And then we get uh, the Mentat uh, Turf Hayat. He's kind of like the lead advisor of Leto's entire regime. We Let's fast forward. They get to, as they're getting ready to get to uh, Arrakis, Paul's having these visions, these dreams of a beautiful woman in the desert uh, with blue eyes. And he's, and he's having trouble because Paul, when he sees things, they end up coming true to an extent so he's really kind of going back and forth with his dreams he tells his mother he tells duncan but they kind of you know spin it off duncan at least spins it off and say you know when i'm awake is when i make everything happen so and then jessica ends up telling the reverend mother mohayam and she comes and visits caladan and subjects paul to the death alternative the gom jabbar test and he passes, which is impressive because no man has ever done that before. Later, we see her at the at Gidi Prime, where she's speaking to um, Baron Harkonnen to spare Paul and Jessica in his coup. And that's where we know for a fact that the Emperor has set up House Atreides to be destroyed on Arrakis. So... Fast forward, the Duncan's advance party goes to Arrakis and he lives with the Fremen for a certain amount of time. He's learning their ways. And that's when Paul and Jessica show up. But you can see that the Fremen and the people of Arrakis take an interest in Paul and Jessica immediately. They, they've heard the legends of the one and they've been waiting and waiting 
million, you know, hundreds of years for the one to show up. And this might be their chance to see the one. And you can see Paul is kind of struggling with that concept. He's doing everything he can correctly, but he's still struggling with the idea of being the one. And I think if we kind of rewind a little bit, there's a great moment between Paul and Leto where they talk about Paul becoming the leader of House Atreides. And Leto tells Paul that at one point he never even wanted to be the Duke either. He wanted to be a pilot. And you can see that great kind of father son moment where Leto reels Paul back into his side and he puts him on his council. And that's kind of a really important moment, I think, between the two of them before uh, they move on to Arrakis. Again, fast forward back. We meet the judge of change, Dr. Kynes. She gives the um, Leto and everybody the information on the planet. She tells them about the giant sandworms. They talks about the still suits and gives all the information that they kind of need to survive or at least try to survive on Arrakis. Also, I want to talk about the shields that they use the Holtzman shields, they cover the body in a, in a thin shield. And I think that's one of the cooler ways of using uh, a shield in battle, but because there's still ways to beat it. If you can, you know, get through it. As Gurney says, the slow blade still penetrates and we can see throughout the battles, you can see where people are getting hit and how it's deflecting their, their strikes. And then it'll show up red when they get through the shield. I think that's a really cool way of depicting the fights. And it gives you a more obvious way visually of seeing the fights. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then uh, fast forward again, Paul is a There's an assassination attempt on Paul with a hunter seeker. And this leads into where we see the betrayal of the Atreides people. And it's of all people, it's Dr. Yu who's been trying to help and do everything he can for Paul, but his wife is taken by the Baron and the Harkonnens. And that's where he's trying to get his wife back. And then you incapacitates Leto. And, but at the same time, he tells Leto, I'm going to do everything I can to help Paul escape. He gives Leto a false tooth with poison gas capsule in it. And this is where we see the Harkonnens and the Sar Dukar invade our Arrakis. And it's just a bloodbath. Everybody from House Atreides is getting slaughtered. But Paul and Jessica are able to escape as the invasion is occurring. That's when we uh, forward to um, Baron Harkonnen telling uh, Raban to restart the sale, sale of spice to get the cost back for the invasion. And we see Harkonnen come to Leto face to face. And you can see, you know, the double cross happens. He curls Yule. And that's when Leto bites down on the tooth and kills everybody in the room. But the Baron escapes to the top because of his mechanical back with his uh, body, the way it's mechanically sound. He goes up to the top. He's still injured, but he survives 
uh, Leto's last attack on him. Now that the Harkins are back in control, we we fast forward again. Paul and Jessica are out in the desert trying to survive, and that's when we are they are found by Duncan and Doctor Kynes. Paul tries to come up with a plan to stop the civil war by marrying one of Saddam's daughters, but that can never happen because they are found by the Sardaku. And Duncan, in a really badass fight scene, takes out like 10 or 12 Sar- Sarduka, Sardaukars, um, sacrificing himself so Paul and Jessica can escape. That's when Kynes is stabbed in the back by a Sardaukar. But she also, at that same time, summons the sandworm with a thumper. And they you can see the sandworm coming up underneath them and, and, and just devouring them. So Jessica and Paul are out in the desert and that's when they come into contact with the sandworm of their own. And this is one of the, my favorite scenes of the movie. If you take the still from it, the ginormous sandworm is up above the, the sand looking down at Paul and Paul staring back up at it. And it's just a really awesome shot of the two. And, and there's just something special about Paul. You see it throughout the movie. Paul's got something about him that is people are drawn to him. And that's when, Paul and Jessica run into the Fremen. The Fremen surround Paul and Jessica. But Paul and Jessica get the better of them. I don't know if they didn't take them seriously right off the start, but Jessica and Paul are extremely talented fighters. And that's when Jessica is able to overpower Stilgar. And this upsets Jameis. He's one of Jameis's. Jameis is one of the Fremen warriors. And he doesn't listen to Stilgar. He challenges Paul to a, a, a duel. And Paul's never killed anybody before. So when they're fighting, Paul keeps getting the upper hand on Jameis. And Stilgar's you know, questioning this because he's never seen anybody not go for the kill. And it they, you know, that kind of upsets them, but they realize that Paul is just innocent. He ends up winning and killing Jameis. And that's when Paul and Jessica join the Fremen to help bring peace to Arrakis. So that's where movie one ends and we get ready for Dune part two. <clears throat> now let's talk a little bit about the movie, some of the reactions, some of the writing. I got to go out and say right off the bat, Rebecca Ferguson did a fantastic job in this movie. She does an incredible job displaying emotions with her facials and I always could, you can always see how she feels by looking at her face. Also, um, Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho. I know he doesn't last forever in the movie, but I think he did a kick-ass job. He kind of fits that role perfectly. And I think um, in the couple sword fights that he had, it was really well done. And then Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. He's just such a good bad guy. He's he's got that voice that that grainy low voice, and then Timothy Chalamet as Paul. What a perfect casting! Absolutely fantastic. Obviously Zendaya. We're going to see a lot more in Dune Two. We didn't get to see a lot of her, but we got to see her speak and like give us information that was important. So I thought all those all the acting in this movie is really really strong. Uh, things I want to see in Dune 2. I want to see more about um, Paul's ability with the voice. 
I want to see more of the desert power that has been mentioned. And I want to see more of this holy war that's going to be fought between the Harkonnens and the Fremen slash lasting remains of House Atreides. Overall, I'm going to change. I'm going to change my grading scale officially today. I was going um, thumbs up out of five. I'm going to change it to ten. I think ten more accurately depicts uh, my feelings on these movies. I'm going to go. Sorry, eight thumbs up out of ten. I think Dune is the perfect setup movie, the perfect foundation for a great franchise. And I really look forward to Dune 2. And I can't wait to break that down with you in a couple weeks when uh, when it arrives in theaters. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back soon with another review. Until then, watch a movie. Tell me what movie you watch. I'm on social media. I'll put it in my notes or in the show notes. Hit me up. Tell me what movies you're watching. Let's talk about it. Let's watch some movies and TV, guys. True Detective Season 4. I'm going to have a another short podcast about that episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you guys next time. This has been Movies by Doug. And that's a wrap on our episode. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.